Good day to you. This is Pastor Tony. Just wanted to talk to you for a few moments before you listen into this podcast. Our country continues to go through this uh, pandemic struggle. Many are still struggling to find who they are, what they're to do with their lives. And this is an ongoing struggle for many people. But I wanted you to know today that this message was given to you for an encouragement. I hope that as you listen in, you'd realize that you have hope and you have a time and that time is now. Listen in and I hope this encourages you today. God bless you. I wanted to share something I shared with our covenant partners this past week and it has to do with a, a Supreme Court justice named Oliver Wendell Holmes. You know, he uh, found himself on a train and the conductor called for tickets as he was coming through. And as he called for tickets, Justice Holmes couldn't find his. The guy came over and said, you know, uh, you know, calling for tickets. And he said, I cannot find my ticket. He says, I looked through my wallet. I looked through everything. I just can't seem to find it. The man looked at him and said, uh, well, Mr. Holmes, the Pennsylvania Railroad will be happy to trust you when you arrive at your destination. A lot of times people find it then. Please just mail it in, let us know. Uh, otherwise, you're free to ride the rest of the train to its destination. And at that point, um, the, the conductor's kindness was noted, but at the same time, he turned uh, with ease and said, Dear man, my problem is not where's my ticket. My problem is where am I going? <laughs> Isn't that us sometimes? We, we know that we're going somewhere. We just know, don't always know where that somewhere is. So... I want to ask you this morning, where are you going? And for some others of you, I want to ask you, do you know where you're at? Do you know where you're at right now? You know, Habakkuk tells us this. The Lord answered me and said to me, write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run that may read it. There's a vision that you have to write for your life. And what does that look like? Where there is no vision, a people perish. Proverbs tells us this. There's a sense of understanding that you have to keep true to who you are. You have to stay true to who you are and who God created you to be. The definition of vision, I found this great definition, said a conscious and mental spiritual picture of a possibility of where we can be, what we can become and a need to go on a journey to attain the idea and the concept. Let me say this in plain English. Your vision will take you places. But your vision, it has to be a God-given one. It has to be a God-given one. You see, when God gives us a burden for our lives, He gives us a burden to change the world. We often look at our burden as something that I feel bad about. Can I tell you something? God has given you a conviction and a burden to change the world. Don't think of the things that uh, you can't change. Think of the things that you can't. Be a part of the vision that God is doing in your life. You see, because that personal vision drives people. When we need, uh, you know, sometimes we need folks in our lives that will that will pull us from the fire. Others of us, other other folks, will stand in the fire. We definitely will have people that put us in a fire, right? There are people in our lives that will do that, and so. Let me just give you a couple of examples this morning. Um, at 2 Kings chapter 5, the captain of the host of Syria, an honorable man, a man of valor, 
um, he became a leper. And he was told to go to the river of Jordan. There's a lot of things God may be telling you to do that it's going to take your obedience to get out of where you're at. There's some of us that are dealing with something in our lives that feels like bigger than we could ever imagine. There's some people in, that are going through things in their, in, our, in their lives right now that seem like the woman who went through the issue of blood. Um, you know, in Mark chapter 2, where she had this issue of blood for 12 years and it found, she found herself in the midst of the healer. And she said, you know what? I have to, I have to get to him. And so if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she had a vision for her life. Early in the chapter, a man who, uh, who was sick of palsy is waiting for Jesus in Capernaum. And the overwhelming crowds hindered him from reaching the master. He had a passion to be healed. And he says, I'm not leaving until I get my miracle. Where's your passion for that? My message this morning is entitled, This is Your Time. This is Your Time. Mark chapter 8 tells us of a story of Jesus coming to Bethesda, um, or Bethsaida rather, and he, and he brought, he was, uh, he came across a blind man, and Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. Then, let, get this, he spit in his eyes and washed and, and put his hands on him, and right then, listen, Jesus asked him, what do you see? Listen, don't go around spitting in people's eyes, but Jesus knew exactly what he needed to do at the moment. Even the spit of Jesus brought life to people. And he wiped his eyes and he said, what do you see? And he said, I see men as trees. I see men walking. I see trees walking even, some translations say. He didn't see it all. Guess what? Jesus had to pray again. Very few times do you see Jesus having to pray again. Sometimes we need a second dose. Sometimes we need a second touch. And we realize in our lives that Jesus asks us what do you see? What do you see? And instantly things happen. There's a lot of there's a lot of prayer and sacrifice that takes place. And to keep us from being distracted, sometimes God has put people in our life to make us grow. Can I ask you a question? Who's in your life to make you grow? Who's in your life to make you grow? Who's in your life to make you know? Who's in your life teaching you, showing you some things? If you don't have someone in your life to walk you through this, to teach you some things that you never ever saw, you need a mentor in your life. You need someone that's going to speak life to the, to the direction you want to walk. You know, I thought about this as I was preparing um, this message. When you break free from any kind of bondage, the enemy wants to drag you back. How many times have you said, I'm going to quit this? I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to fill in the blank. I'm going to stop doing this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden, you say to yourself a week or two later, uh, maybe it's not that important. Maybe it's not as important as I thought it was. Well, this, my friend, is a year of restoration. This, my friend, is a year for you and your family to blow up in the spirit. For you and your family to grow up in the spirit, for you and your family to move and walk in the spirit. So I want to read to you a passage out of Galatians 5. If you have your Bibles, turn there. If you're in your living room with your cup of coffee, go ahead and turn there to, uh, to Mark, I'm sorry, um, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And it reads like this. 
It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Listen, this word brings life, my friend. If you haven't cracked it open and read it for yourself, I encourage you to do that. There's no going back once you've been set free from bondage. I was talking to my wife earlier today and we were talking about how, uh, you know, actually it was an initial thought for me this morning. I was getting around and I thought about the children of Israel. They were a free people who happened to be in captivity. Listen, I'm looking at someone right now through, through, through the internet right here. You are free, but you have your surroundings that are keeping you bound. You are a free person, but your Egypt is telling you otherwise. And you have bought into the lie that you're not free. I want to tell you, this is your time. This is your time to be free. I know that some, some of you right now, you're thinking, I, I can't believe he's talking about freedom. When I'm sequestered in my home, when I'm, when I'm sitting in my living room and I really can't go out and I really can't go to work and I really can't go to the store and I really can't. Can I tell you something right now? For some of you, you are about to be more free than you've ever been in your life. You are about to be so free because the word of God, sometimes we need to be still. And this season right now of everyone having to kind of be asked to stay home, asked to stay away and let this virus um, go away. Because this virus has been, uh, um, it's been wreaking just complete mayhem on our economy, on the job, labor, and, and all these different things. People have been going through an incredible trial. But can I tell you right now? Your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. And I believe that with all my heart, there's something that's about to take, take, uh, take foot. There's something about to take place in this nation of people that finally have to stop. You finally have to stop running and you have to listen. And I'm telling you right now, this is your time for you and your family. This is your time to grow. This is your time to know salvation. This is your time to see the goodness of God. Can I tell you something right now? I don't doubt for a moment that you were born free. And I don't doubt for a moment that you were born to be set free and set others free. Because we are born in this sin and we're shaped in iniquity, the Bible talks about. What that means is that simply this. You were born with this tendency to be selfish. Me, mine, me. Me, mine, mine. It's mine. No, it's mine. We're born that way. But I want to tell you something. There's a couple thoughts I want to share with you. And the first one is this. Declare that you are dead to sin. Tell yourself, self, I am dead to sin. Maybe you're in your living room right now. And I want you to say this. Say this. I am dead to sin. Come on. All right. You're dead to sin. I'm believing that you're dead to sin. Because Romans tells us this. Because I've heard this before. People say, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, that's a great excuse to keep sinning. That's a great excuse to keep saying you're not a sinner, just a sinner saved by grace. God, because of his blood, Jesus Christ, because of his blood, poured over you from the blood of Calvary. You are a saint in the eyes of God. That doesn't mean you're perfect yet. None of us are. But you are a saint in his eyes. That means you have access to his throne. That means you have access to him. That means you have access to the very presence of God. Declare today that you are dead to sin. Romans 6, 11 through 13. In the same way, count yourselves what? Dead to sin, but alive 
alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you may obey its evil desires. Watch this. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin because we then become an instrument of wickedness. Listen, many believers declare that they're free from sin, but they act daily like they're still stuck. Why are you in, why are you in the promised land talking about how great Egypt was? Listen, God has great plans for you. Let's move forward. Amen. And sometimes you need to say to your sin right there, I'm dead to you, sin. You have no place. See, no one can declare this for you. No one can tell you, uh, you know, hey, listen, by the way, you're dead to sin. And like, oh, yeah, I'm dead to sin. You know, that's great because you said it. No, I'm dead to sin because I declare that because I understand that Jesus died for me. And because I understand that I got to live for God intentionally or I will live for the enemy accidentally. I got to live for God intentionally or live for the enemy accidentally. There's no, um, there's no resistance to this. They can't be in order for you to achieve holiness. See, we don't, we don't, um, we don't work for holiness. We work from holiness. We realize that Christ in us allows us to be a holy people, and then that moves us into operating in the fullness of, of being holy. See, we're all going to be tempted to not be holy, right? Raise your hand if you've ever been tempted, right? You've all been tempted. But I'm telling you right now, temptation is not a sin. But playing with temptation definitely invites it. Come on, I need you to hear that again. Temptation is not a sin, but playing with temptation invites sin. How many people have given up what they want most for what they want now? How many people have given up what they want most, their goal, their vision for their lives because of what they want now. That temptation is a nasty one, my friend. But I'm telling you right now, there is hope in Christ and that hope comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. If you believe what I said, give me an amen or a thumbs up or, or a heart. Come on, somebody. Don't think for a moment. Don't even think for a moment that the devil comes to you with these horns and he's telling you, listen, you need to walk away from God. No, 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 my friend. He comes to you offering everything you think you've ever wanted. The enemy comes to tempt you so that you can't be dead to sin. No, you, there's no way. Does pastor even know what you did with, in your past life? Do they even know how you were before you came to Christ? Can I tell you something? Christ knows and he still died for you. So it doesn't matter who else knows. Christ already knows what you did. And he still loves you. You see there are two kinds of people. And as I was reading this um, passage, I realized there are two kinds of people in this world. There's the reactionary and the revolutionary. See, the reactionary is a person who, uh, the right, reactionary person is a person whose actions are totally predetermined by what somebody else says or does. By what somebody else says or does. A revolutionary person is a person who's thinking uh, and their attitude and their everything changes because of who they met once. That Christ, when you accepted Christ, they have changed your life. And so at this point forward, that's your reference point, not how people respond to you. 
Not how people react. Not if there's people lifting hands, then maybe I'll lift my hands. Not if people pray, then I will pray. Not if people read the, the, the scriptures, then I will read the scriptures. People who are revolutionary say, come, read the scriptures with me. Come, let us pray together. Come, let us meet together. Revolutionary people have an identity in Christ and they realize they're dead to sin. Come on, somebody. Number one, realize and declare you are dead to sin. Realize that in your life and declare it today. Don't wait another moment. Don't wait another moment. Number two, offer yourselves entirely to God. Offer yourselves entirely to God. Romans 6, 13 and 14. I'm going to read this again. Uh, not again, but re reading on from Romans. Offer yourselves to God as those who've been bought, uh, brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Friends, you are an instrument of righteousness. See, God didn't just want to come to you. He wants to move in you and he wants to move through you. See, some people stop at the God comes to you. And I say, yes, Jesus, I want to do good things. I want to do nice things. And they stop right there. They never let Christ really invade their hearts. The phase two aspect is when you say, yes, Lord, I want you to come to me. And then you accept him into your life and you accept him as savior. That's when salvation takes place. Listen, salvation doesn't take place when you hit a certain number of times you attended church. A certain number of Bible verses you've memorized. A certain number of times you consecutively uh, were uh, a part of a Bible study. That's not when salvation happens. Salvation happens when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Accept that sacrifice. Phase three is this. When you start to realize, and this is when it, you really start to grow. You think you're growing in the beginning when he comes to you? Some. When he comes in you? Yeah. But you know when you really start to grow? When you start to let God move through you to somebody else. Because now you're passing that life to somebody else. Offer yourself entirely to God. Offer your life to God entirely. Offer every part of you. Offer your family. Can I tell you this? Fathers, I'm talking to the fathers for a moment. You men out there. And those soon to be fathers. Declare Jesus in your home. Your kids will scratch, punch, bite. They'll do whatever they can and want to do their own thing. Lead your home. Men, lead your home. Pray. Lead devotions. My wife and I both take turns and we lead devotions times with our, our children. Almost every morning. Not every morning. Sometimes things get crazy or whatever. But we try to do our best to input God and let them know this is a godly household. And there's things that we don't tolerate here. We offer ourselves entirely to God. Motive is crucial, isn't it though? Motive is crucial in everything we do because... Have you ever had someone, let me ask you this question. Have you ever had someone act nice towards you to your face? And then later you find out they said some things behind your back and you were hurt by it. I think it's safe to say that if we're being honest, his or her ulterior motives negates anything or at least puts questionable content as to what they said to you. And if they meant what they said to you when they said it to you. Right? Motive matters. And so if, if that matters, how about when you say, Lord Jesus, I praise you on Sunday and the rest of the week you're struggling and you don't even want to see God in your life. I think God can definitely bring that into question. And I question whether you really wanted me or you just want the benefits of me. That'll preach right there. 
There's some people that really want God and other, others that just want the benefit of God. The benefit of knowing that God's got my back. Only God can judge me. It's me and God. We're walking. It's just us, the, the, the dynamic duo, me and Jesus. <laughs> no. He's dynamic. You just happen to be part of the duo. But as you walk with him, his power, his super is part of your natural and you can do great things. But you can't do that if you're not entirely submitted to God. So how different is the way that we allow ourselves to live for God during the week than we live on a Sunday morning like this? Friends, listen to me closely. We're all in our homes right now. No greater time right now than to crack open the word of God, sit with our family, and say, listen, I don't know everything about this book, but let's learn together. I don't know everything about this thing, but I'm going to start with the Gospel of John because in the Gospel of John, it tells us all these things were written so that you may believe. Guess what? I want to believe. So kids gather around. We're going to turn off our phones, our tablets, our TV, turn off Netflix, turn off whatever it is that you, you've got going on right now in your life for a moment. And let's read a small passage of scripture together. And let's see what that means to us. Friend, we need that. And here's my third point. Here's my third point. Not only are we realizing, declaring in our lives that we're free from sin, right? That we're free from sin. We're also in our lives coming to a place where we're saying, you know, Lord, I offer myself completely to you. Third thing we're saying to ourselves, I need to walk in the spirit. I need to walk in the spirit. Pastor Tony, what does that look like? What does that mean? Well, it means something a little different to everybody in a small way. But the big picture is this. If you step back and you talk about how do I walk in the spirit? We have to look at the scriptures. And the scriptures taught us one thing for sure. The scripture taught us, and this is an interesting point. The most important gift on the planet Earth that we have right now is the spirit of God and the word of God. But the Spirit of God is very important in this element. And I want to share this thought with you for a moment. We, see, we look in the Old Testament and we see the work of the Father. God the Father working in the Old Testament. We look in the New Testament and we see God the Son, Jesus Christ, walking through the earth. God the Son. Then we move into post-Jesus resurrection and the church acts of the apostles and forward. And we see then the work of the Holy Spirit. We see the work of the, of the Father in the Old Testament, the work of the Son in the New Testament. And right now, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be activated in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us about some things in our lives that are maybe um, a struggle. But God knows that struggle and He still loves you. It's time to walk in the Spirit. We must be ready to walk daily in the Spirit. So no one can change that direction for you, friend. You have to decide for yourself. I want to walk in the Spirit. And it's imperative that you change your mind and how you think. Because some of us think to ourselves, man, I'm never going to be this. Or I'm never going to be this. Or I'm never going to be like this pastor or this speaker or this great evangelist. Stop thinking like them. Stop comparing your chapter 1 to their chapter 20. Stop looking at all the things in your life that you're not. And start looking at everything he is. And so we're looking at this, and Galatians 5 tells us this, beginning in verse 16, and we'll hop over to verse 22. Verse 16 says, So I say to you, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
Well, what does that look like? How do I walk in the Spirit? Answered, here we go, verse 22 to 25. The fruit of the Spirit, what is the fruit? The outcoming of. What, what comes out of living in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Friends, these are amazing gifts. These are nine of the most amazing gifts you could ever walk around carrying. And in this time that we live, in this day and age in which we live, it is very important, it is imperative that we show the love of God. Listen, for those of you that love to share things in your life that are, don't belong on Facebook, can I share with you something? Nobody wants to see a laundry on Facebook. People want to have life. They want to know. They want to smile. They want to laugh. And during this time, here's two things, just a thought. For those of you that call yourself Christians and followers of Jesus, be careful what you post. Be careful how negative it is. And secondly, stop scrolling for a little while. Because some of you are very discouraged and you don't know how to fight this discouragement. But yet while you're discouraged, you're scrolling and you're scrolling and you're scrolling and you're scrolling. And you're so much, you're, you're hurting yourself every single time you scroll because you're looking at everybody else's highlight reel. And you're still trying to figure out where the table of contents is in your life. Friend, don't let the, this quarantine time cause you to be less than God created you to be. Spend time with your children. Spend time with your Lord. Connect with us on, on, on Facebook and multimedia when you can. Because I realized one thing during this difficult time. We need to walk in His person. That means we need to stay with Him relationally. We need to walk in His power. That means we, we, we need Him to strengthen us. And we need to walk in His presence. And that means trusting Him daily to walk with you. And so what I want to declare over your life today is this. Declare it to yourself today and, and I want to declare it over you. You are dead to sin. This is your time. This is your time. And there's nothing in this world that can stop you empowered by the Holy Spirit. Lest it be the Holy Spirit Himself to stop, no one can stop you. You know, I can't help but think about this. You know, here I am, God, send me. And the prayer that Isaiah prayed. Here I am, send me. Can you say the same to God today? Yeah, I know. Maybe you're in your home. Maybe you you have limited job. You, you know, you're questioning, how am I going to pay for my bills right now? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a small business owner. And I had to shut down my business because everything's being quarantined right now. Everybody's kind of being... Um, you know, isolated right now. How am I going to make this happen? Can I tell you something? Trust in God. Sow in the kingdom. Pray and get around people that are doing all those things as well. <laughs> you know, I think about I think about how our environment matters. Our environment matters, and I think about how so many times uh, we don't even realize how important our environment is. You know, the people you hang around will definitely dictate how you see life. What are you doing about that? How are you changing that? How are you making that happen? And I realize that some of the best people in this world uh, I have around me, some of the most amazing people, and they make me better. 
What do you have around you right now? What do you have around you? What's making you better? You know, the people around you can either free you or remind you of Egypt. And I choose to have people around me that are free me. That doesn't mean we don't let people know about Jesus. I'm telling you, I need to have people around me that free me, free my mind from the things that are negative, free my mind from the things that are not good, that are not holy, that are not righteous. I want to I want to kind of put this this thought here into your mind, um, and this is a quote by Ravi Zacharias. For those of you that don't know who he is, he's a, an amazing, uh, amazing speaker, and um, he, he spoke this word one time, and I had to put it as a part of this message here, as I kind of put this in a form that maybe can speak to you in different ways. And listen to this thought, and it's an amazing one. Where there is freedom, there is a possibility of love. Where there is love, there's a possibility of pain. Where there is pain, there's a possibility of a savior. Where there's a savior, there's a possibility of redemption. And where there's redemption, there's a possibility of restoration. For which you and I were created. Friends, God has called you to be restored to him. That is our church theme for the year. That is our um, that is our anthem for the year to be restored by God. Can I tell you something? God has called you not to, to walk around like people in, in, in bondage. He's called you to be free. He's called you to be restored. And I think about I think about how um, you know my son gets to, he, he likes to play Fortnite and he's a big Fortnite person. And uh, he likes to get with his friends that are, are really good at Fortnite. And they say, let's get together and, and let's let's play a game so we can win a match. And, and they go out there and they do their Fortnite thing. And I listen to him and I sometimes I even watch him uh, play. And he's really good at it because he's been practicing. And then when he wins, he gets so much joy. And they win together. They celebrate together. You know, I think about that and I think that should be how the church should be. You know, maybe I'm not the one that get the last, the last person and we're the last people standing. But you know what? We, I'm part of a team that's making things happen. You know, you're a part of the, the Church of Jesus Christ. You're part of a team. And those of you that attend Freedom, I'm so glad that I get to be your pastor. Thank you for letting me pastor your life and speak into your life. I pray that you continue to walk this journey with us because there's something amazing happening right now. While we are even sequestered in our homes, we are seeing some amazing things happen. But I tell you what, it happens because it starts with what? Realizing that you're free and you're getting around people that are free. Freedom leads to love, love leads to pain sometimes. Pain leads to the savior. The savior leads to redemption. That redemption allows us to be restored. So don't ever, ever be afraid of freedom because it always leads to the savior. Don't be afraid of feeling like, you know, I don't have freedom right now. I'm stuck in my home. You are you are right where God wants you right now. I'm so glad that you tuned in. Can I say a prayer over you for a moment? Maybe you're a part of freedom and maybe you're not. But I can't help but ask this before I say a prayer for you. Do you know Jesus? If you don't, man, I invite you to get to know him. I invite you to pray this prayer with me right now. Even if you're a believer, pray this prayer in your room. If you're in your living room right now, if you're in a coffee shop, well, you shouldn't be in a coffee shop right now. But if you're somewhere right now and you're watching this, you're listening to this, 
can I tell you this right now? Your best days are ahead of you. And if you put your trust in Jesus, he will never allow you to be put to shame. So I want you all across all across the internet right now, just bow your heads for a moment. I know that maybe you're in your home, maybe you're, but just bow your heads for a moment. Right now where you're at, I want to pray a prayer over you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for every person at the sound of my voice. Thank you for every single one of them that have come to a place where they've put their trust in you. Lord, I'm asking you right now, would you allow them to sense your power and your spirit right where they're seated? Lord, I pray that as these um, that are watching online from all around the nation, people that are watching online right now that are just saying, Lord, I don't know what to do with my life. May they give themselves wholly and completely to you. Those of you that have never accepted Jesus, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Jesus, I realize you're my savior. I realize I need a hope. Forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me. I confess you as my savior. Come into my life. Save me. Redeem me and restore me. In Jesus' name I pray. And for those of you that maybe you already know Jesus, Father, I pray for those who know Jesus already. Would you just encourage them that their time is now, that their time is now, Lord, to move forward and to walk in the Spirit and not be determined by our external life. Lord, that not to be determined by this by this virus, not to be identified by this, but identified by our faith and trust in you. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, allow people from all walks of life to be encouraged by this word. May their lives be changed forever. I pray these things in Jesus' name. there's opportunities to connect and uh, I want I want us to be able to do that and if you are, if are a part of freedom and you're on social networking like uh, Facebook we are going to be posting uh, um, opportunities of coffee with the cruises um, on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings uh, look for that we're going to be on zoom for those of you that have not downloaded zoom yet please do so download the zoom app on your uh, on your on your tablet you can download Zoom on your iOS device. If you have an, uh, an Android device, you can also go to Marketplace or wherever it is there and download Zoom. It's a free app. If you're on your computer, go to zoom.us and download the client and put that on your, and you're gonna be able to uh, virtually enter a small group throughout this week and the next coming weeks. We're not gonna be sitting at home doing nothing. We're gonna grow together. And I want you to know that there's an opportunity that we're already working on. This entire leadership team is doing that right now to be able to work together to, to grow you. A couple quick things I want to, um, before I sign off here in just a few moments, um, I wanted you to know a couple things. Number one, it is imperative that you understand that we are having church online. That means that we still uh, do count on your offerings and tithes. Your tithes and offerings are very important to us uh, because we need to be able to function as well, just like the businesses. So if you're a covenant partner, you know the, you know the drill. We continue to give even if we don't meet. It's very important we give God his time. First tenth is God's. 
So I encourage you to go on our website, wearefreedomlife.com, click the Give tab, and there are, th there are three ways to give, and even four, really. Uh, you can give on site, which we can't give right now on site. There's, you can give online. You can text to give, and in this case, also being um, that many are in our homes, you can mail your gift in as well. Let me encourage you, don't tune me, don't tune me out just yet. If this broadcast blessed you, I encourage you to drop an offering. Help us as a church to move forward. If you consistently are part of Freedom, you know that we support many missionaries around the world. We support many ministries locally and, and foreign as well. So I encourage you to tap on there. If you haven't texted to give yet, try it. It's really neat. It's a really neat opportunity. If you want to give, um, if you want to give your tithe via mail, you can go to the website and tap the give tab, and you can mail it to three one one four State Route four hundred five in Milton, Pennsylvania, one seven eight four seven. So I encourage you to do something for me before you go. Um, share this if you haven't already. Share this on your on your page. Maybe you're just watching it. Share it. Let other people be a part of us. If you're not part of the Freedom Life uh, main page, a public page, like us um, and turn on your notifications so whenever we go live, you know that we're live. Um, and one last thing, if you, uh, again, if you need prayer, uh, please go to our page, submit that prayer request. Let me pray one more time, praying over you. Lord, thank you for every single person that tuned in. Thank you for the leadership behind the scenes. Thank you for my wife, Pastor Alicia. Uh, thank you for Pastor Corey and Nisa and our executive leadership team, our board of stewards, Lord, all the people that work behind the scenes, all our greeters that were online right now greeting people. Thank you, Lord, for every single person that served this morning, for Sammy, for Rebecca, for Nisa, for Corey, for um, Todd, for all those that came in to pray this morning from 9 to 9.30 that just that entered a Zoom room and they were just praying and flooding the heavens with prayers. Thank you for every person that tuned in this morning that got a word from you. Lord, I encourage, I'm encouraged by that and I'm encouraged by the fact that we have people that know how to pray. Thank you for every single person that served today and has uh, just loved on you and listened to your word. I pray you let them know that this is their time. Your word is here and your word is sharp and your word, your word is uh, active. Uh, active and more active than any double-edged sword. And Lord, I pray today that you would allow the word to become a life to us and while we're in our homes. And Lord God, guard our eyes, guard our hearts, guard our lives. And we th we're thankful today for everyone that um, makes this thing happen. Lord, I pray that as we go, I go live through the week and many of our leaders go live through the week, that we continue to breathe life into each other. I thank you for every person that can hear my voice right now. Bless them, I pray, that they may find hope in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.